In the early 1980s, the Old Town School came the closest it ever has to shutting its doors. The school was in dire straits. It was on the absolute utter verge of total bankruptcy and, and being shut down. If you listened to our oral history series a couple years ago, you might remember the voice of Jim Hirsch, former Old Town School director. This is from a 2017 conversation with teacher Skip Lant at the StoryCorps booth in the Chicago Cultural Center. I was 28 years old. The things I didn't know could have filled, you know, like volumes and volumes. What was your degree in? My, well, I dropped out <laughs> after my sophomore year in college. So I didn't, I didn't graduate college. So my degree was in, like, playing guitar really well and much too fast. And they offered me the job. Uh, I remember I was paid the princely sum of, uh, I think it was $18,000 a year was my starting salary. Um, and because I was still doing a lot of performing, I didn't even take all of it because uh, Old Town was, like I said, on the verge of bankruptcy, and occasionally we couldn't actually meet payroll. So I deferred salary off and on during the first six or eight months while we started rebuilding the organization. So you were the logical candidate for, to, to head, the, uh, uh, head the school. At, at that time, what, uh, how many students were, did the school have? So the week that I walked in for the first time, and I will never forget it, it was uh, in May of uh, 1982. There were the total um, enrollment was about 175 students. But to put that in context, you know, even like three or four years before, the weekly enrollment was closer to 1,000 students oh, really? a week. So th- the decline had been precipitous, and, and it was brought on by a number of factors. Um, a lot of it was just changing musical tastes, but it was also, you know, that the organization was really undercapitalized. So that was one of the problems. The other problem was that it was a nonprofit organization that had never actually functioned as a nonprofit because everything was paid for by fees for service. In other words, it was 100% earned revenue. There was no contributed revenue. Uh, so when I started, uh, one of the first things that I decided was, hey, we got to get on this gravy train of trying to get grants and, and donations. And I actually ushered in kind of the first organized fundraising effort in in the school's history. And I remember, you know, we early on, we got some pretty large grants. We got like the Joyce Foundation came in at a pretty large number, and um, there were a few other foundations, like MacArthur eventually started to fund Old Town School, and that bring it, brought in some pretty big chunks of money at a time when it was desperately needed. That's where Juan Diaz came in. Maybe I can talk a little bit about how, what brought me to Chicago, which uh, it was actually the Old Town School. Uh, I came here for, uh, for a job. And um, my first job at the school was actually as an intern in 1990. Um, I worked for uh, Paul Tyler over a summer doing uh, an exhibition on Guatemalan textiles right here in one of the rooms of, uh, of the school. And uh, I was, at the time, I was still a student of ethnomusicology at Indiana University and trying to decide whether I want to stay in the field or just move on to something else. And this was a very deciding uh, internship for me because I, I knew this is what I wanted to do.
1992, rather, the Old Town School applied for a number of grants for the National Endowment for the Arts, uh, Joyce Foundation, to create a new position uh, because they realized that while they had been successful at bringing Latinos in once a year, that audience did not translate to the other parts of the school. They were not signing up for classes or coming to any other concerts. They would just come in during those two weeks and then be gone again. So they realized they needed a, a person uh, on point. And uh, I guess they didn't want a, someone who was so specialized in Latin music that would just do that. And they, they really wanted someone who could do that, of course, but also work with African-American communities, with uh, Asian communities, Native American communities. Uh, Jim Hirsch, who was uh, the director at the time, uh, hired me with that idea in mind. Another important person who was here was uh, Michael Miles. He was the director of educational programs. Chicago was filled with some of the greatest musicians in the world. And they were out there. They were everywhere. And, and what they needed was uh, an invitation, a face-to-face -face invitation to say, here we have this great resource in the city of Chicago, the Old Town School of Folk Music, which can be anything that we choose to make it. That's Michael Miles, another voice you might recall if you heard our oral history series with StoryCorps. This is an excerpt from a conversation I recorded between him and Skip Lant in 2017. I think the school was poised to succeed. In Chicago, uh, my observation about the programming was that as I looked at it, it needed a fresh start. Jim was a fresh start because the school had been kind of on a downturn. And Jim Hirsch was a, he was an aggressive entrepreneur. And he, he, he set me free. Uh, you know, he saw in me someone who uh, had a creative spirit and a big imagination. I was aggressive and I, and I was great with people. And I had the ability and, uh, and the drive to go after things. And he recognized that and he, and he sort of said, run with it, you know, and he gave me the freedom to do that. He helped me a lot in, in getting that job. He, he vouched for me and he, as soon as I started working, he began to work with me into developing uh, Latin music classes as well. Okay, my name is uh, Roberto Arce. Eh, soy del Perú, de Lima, Perú. Roberto era uno de los primeros maestros de música latina en la Old Town School, en los años 90. Hoy día, él vive en Florida, y hablé con él por teléfono este verano pasado. Roberto habló de sus memorias de la Old Town School, de la peña, y de sus principios como músico en Perú. Cuando yo estaba niño, yo aprendí tres acordes cuando yo tenía cinco años, yo veía tocar a mis tíos que eran músicos, pero ellos nunca me enseñaban porque paraban ocupados. Pero cuando había una fiesta yo veía y ponía mucha, me encantaba a mí la guitarra. Entonces yo iba a la casa de mi abuelita los fines de semana, ahí siempre habían dos, tres guitarras, saludaba y me iba al fondo a la, y agarraba la guitarra y dale, dale yo solo ahí, siempre, siempre. La música peruana pues me, me encantaba, mi país, es lo que más se oía ahí. 
aprendí a, a tocar, inclusive a los nueve años tocaba en la escuela y tocaba solamente <coughs> música peruana. Ya después, con el tiempo, este, eh, toqué otra música, estudié música también. Ya con el tiempo ya tocaba la música peruana y fui guitarrista de Radio Central de Lima como guitarrista oficial de la, de la radio y que tenía que oh. acompañar a todos los artistas que contratara la radio. Entonces venían artistas de México, artistas de Argentina, artistas de Chile, de diferentes países. Y cuando me llamaban me decía bueno, tienes que acompañar a fulano y tal. Yo tenía que ir y ensayar con ellos para presentar su... para acompañarlos en la radio, ¿eh? de muchos años estar en Chicago uh, una oportunidad que yo trabajaba en carros dejé de trabajar en los carros y me quise dedicar full time a la música entonces busqué trabajo y con los amigos míos tenía amigos puertorriqueños mexicanos cubanos y todos me decían no, si vas, a, si vas a trabajar en la música te mueres de hambre porque no, no rinde. You're going to die. <ríe> I said, well, okay. Mirando, buscando, encontré el Old Town School of Folk Music en, en unos papeles y dije, voy a buscar trabajo ahí. In 1990, Roberto walked into the Old Town School and asked for a job teaching Latin American guitar styles. Fui. Me hicieron una entrevista, hablé con ellos, dije, quiero una entrevista porque, ok, eres músico, me dijeron, sí, ¿qué toca? Guitarra, guitarra, muy bien. Me citaron, fue, habían tres personas ahí y me preguntaron qué, qué iba a enseñar yo. Entonces yo le dije, yo voy a enseñar este, música latinoamericana, porque yo sabía que ahí enseñaba puro, solamente americano, ¿no? Me dijeron, latinoamericana, a ver cuál. Por ejemplo, le dije, por ejemplo, música cubana, música puertorriqueña, música mexicana, uh -huh. música de Perú, Chile, Argentina. O oh, sí, me dijeron, como dudando, ¿no? Diciendo, según ellos, todas las músicas eran iguales, las latinoamericanas. Me dieron una guitarra. Me dijeron, a ver, tócame algo cubano. Les toqué una parte. Muy bien. A ver, tócame algo mexicano. Le toqué unos guapangos que hay <ríe> movidos. <ríe> y eh, jarocho. <ríe> Le toqué música ecuatoriana, música peruana, música argentina. Me dijeron, oh, me dijeron, este, todos los países tienen, eh, para la guitarra, tienen diferente técnica. Muchos queremos tocar como toca, digamos, un puertorriqueño, un mexicano pero no le dan la, no hacen la técnica que debe que tienen ellos, entonces hay que estudiar eso. Y eso es lo que yo enseño. Oh, muy mm. bien, me dijeron, contratado. <ríe> Thank you. 
abrieron una clase que se llamaba uh, Latin Rhythm for Guitar. Abrieron la clase 1, la clase 2, la clase 3, la clase 4. Yo daba las cuatro clases. Sí, fue una oportunidad grande porque muchos americanos, uh, gente de habla in, uh, anglona, ellos, ellos este, uh, querían aprender la música latina. Y la mayoría tocaban, sí. pero querían aprender la música latinoamericana. Porque la música latinoamericana, pues, es, tiene, hay mucha variedad. Mucha, mucha variedad. Y eso la pueden aplicar a su misma música de ellos también. Por sí, el sí. Old Town, yo creo que se fundió más para el ambiente americano. La música uh -huh. latina, yo creo, por medio del Old Town. Porque el Old Town, pues, participa con los dos. Y Juan Díez fue el promotor de esto. Muy bueno. Él hizo un buen trabajo. Y todo salía bien porque él lo sabía dirigir eso bien. En la próxima podcast aprenderemos finalmente cómo llegó a existir la peña. The Archives Podcast is a production of the Resource Center at the Old Town School of Folk Music. This episode was produced and edited by me, your host, Marie Valindo. See the episode notes to learn more about the interviews and music you just heard. Listen to the archives on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us at Archives Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook at Old Town School Archives. If you like what you've heard, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Gracias por escuchar.